0: You guys, we've been promising over at Find Your Film that we will do some extra content outside of our weekly episodes. Bruce and Eric have already done that. They've been doing a lot of work on the side doing some just mini-reviews. And there is a new game that we have in a, on our podcast universe. Eric Holmes wanted to call it the, IMD, the IMDb game. The IMDb game. But... I'm, I just suggested we should call it the find your film game. I'm going to talk about that in a second. And this first game actually should have been a Nicolas Cage game, but I actually reversed order. This is going to be Joel Schumacher is going to be part of this podcast. Now, a couple of things. Bruce Perky, he he sent this to me over a week ago. And finally, I'm putting this in podcast form. He has a review of this Julie Christie film called Demon Seed. It's directed by Do- the late Donald Camel. C-A-M-M-E-L, I believe, or E-L-L. And he's a very interesting filmmaker. Look him him up, I believe. He committed suicide. Just a very troubled kind of artist. But Demon Seed is, I I believe, his most popular work. Let's see what Bruce Perky thinks of that film, Demon Seed. I will put a link via Just Watch where you can actually check out this film. I remember watching Demon Seed when I was an impressionable 13 or 14-year-old. And it's Julie Christie going up against some kind of super computer or demon or something like that and it was very for me it was a very Just scarring moment. So hopefully, I I think it'll be interesting for me to watch it now. But again, Bruce Perky will review Demon Seed. It's in our podcast as well. You're going to see that. And then he also has a new segment called Going In Blind, and he's he's going to cover the movie Cordelia, which we'll be discussing on Find Your Film. But this Going In Blind segment, you'll see what's what it's all about later in the podcast. Okay. For me, oh, regarding the Find Your Film Awards. Here's in the Find Your Film Awards regarding the Find Your Film game. This is a, a pretty simple game, okay? You just go on IMDb, and what Eric decided to do, he Eric and his bro- his brother Stephen, they they drink at night, they just have a good time, and they they just talk about movies. They go to IMDb. The first person they looked up was Nicholas Cage, and then they looked up Joel Schumacher. For the purposes of this recording, we're going to center on Joel Schu- Schumacher. So, so they looked up Joel Schumacher on IMDb. And what they do is they go over each of his movies. I believe from his last—he—he he passed away, I believe, a couple of years ago. They go from his last movie all the way down to his first movie, and they try to pick which is the best, which movie is better. Okay, and if they have a disagreement on which movie is better as they're going down the list, they will flip a coin, and you know if whoever wins that flip will get to have their film survive for the next round. Okay, so like if. If if, uh, Stephen Holmes has Tigerland and, I don't know, I'm just making this up, Eric Holmes has Phantom the Opera and they say that that's their favorite Joe Schumacher film and Stephen Holmes wins, then Tigerland gets to move on for the next round. Eric Holmes will explain it better when his segment comes up with Stephen on the Find Your Film game. So right now as I'm speaking, I don't even know how to actually organize this podcast, but you know what? I'm going to do it this way what am I going to add? I'm going to add a very quick review of this movie called Torn Hearts. Torn Hearts, we, I didn't want to jam it in for the episode tomorrow that we're actually taping tomorrow for the our weekly episode, but this is going to be some added value for you because Torn Hearts comes out on digital this Friday, May 20th. And you're wondering, I'm going to purchase it on digital. Is it worth it? First of all, it's a Blumhouse Television and Epics release, E P I X. I'm sure some of you know Epics. Co-release from them. And it's directed by this filmmaker named Bria Grant. And I love her. I loved 12-hour shift. I don't, I don't remember if Eric Holmes said he didn't see it or he doesn't remember it. Bruce was not a big fan. I'm a huge fan of 12-hour shift. I really like Bria Grant as a lead in this film she did called Lucky last year. And you can, you can actually, I believe, see both films on Shudder. And anyways, both films are really interesting genre films, thriller, thriller genre films, horror a little bit in 12 hour shifts. It just really, and also unlucky, just really interesting releases from the last year or so from Bria Grant. Now she is behind the camera this time, again, for Torn Hearts. And this is very cool because, look, it's, it, you know, how, how, how do I explain this? It's a very interesting movie in the sense that it has some really good actors, some really good actresses in it. And it reminded me of sort of a countrified version of Sunset Boulevard. And actually, what's interesting about Torn Hearts is there is a reference to Sunset Boulevard. It's not a spoiler; a reference to Sunset Boulevard in the middle of the narrative. Anyways, here's a premise of Torn Hearts. I'm looking. I'm reading the plot synopsis right off my email. It says Torn Hearts follows two rising artists who visit their idol Harper Dutch with the hopes of recording a song together. Now, Harper Dutch is a faded country star. Okay. And that is played by Katie Seagal. Okay. And the problem with Harper Dutch is she is missing her sister, his sister. Her sister passed away years ago under mysterious circumstances. They used to be a very popular country singing act. And now that the act is no more, now that her sister has passed away, Harper Dutch lives in seclusion in the middle of some, in the middle of the country. I believe it's set in Nashville, but she lives out on the outskirts in a really nice, spacious house. But there are no neighbors one can see, and she's probably living in desolation, and the, the food is rotten. There are some really rotten in Denmark signs regarding the state of the state of the state regarding Harper Dutch's house and also her fragile mental state. Now the two girls, the two country girls, are played by Alexis Lemire and Abby Quinn. And Alexis Lemire, she plays the well, they're they're basically partners and they're friends, and they're really good friends. One of them is the face of the duo, Alexis Lemire, and she's the one with the beautiful voice and the telegenic the, the all she has all the charisma. Okay, she has all the charisma. She is quote unquote the face of the group, while Abby Quinn, you know, in my opinion, no slouch of her own. She's attractive and beautiful and wonderful too. They're all beautiful and wonderful, but for the purposes of this story, she's considered the brains behind the operation. She is a singer-songwriter, the one who the introvert, the one who is pretty much, if she's the the heart and soul and the creative fire of this duo. Then Alexis Lemire is the the face and the she's she's the box office right. So together they make a really cool team and and their their voices sound great and we actually see them I believe at a bar lounge singing at the beginning of the movie. Their manager is played by Joshua Leonard and Joshua Leonard he's he's a very interesting filmmaker and actor as well. I'm I'm going to talk about one of these one of his movies. I um, I'm going to look it up look it up in a second. I believe he i'm not gonna look it up i think his movie is called fully realized humans and he directed it with just wexler or i believe that's how you say her name Jess Wexler, and it's a very, very interesting movie, and it's very funny. If you can find it on streaming, it's about a couple, and they're trying to navigate their way through just their their, their impending adulthood, which is parenthood, their impending parenthood. It's a, it's a micro-indie kind of film, and it's really, really funny. So Joshua Leonard, very talented filmmaker. In this movie, he plays sort of a sleazy kind of manager but not uh, not outwardly sleazy he's just he's one of those nice guys nice guy sleazy kind of thing so he's the manager he has a relationship with the Alexis Lemire character anyways these two girls these two young women they go to the house of Harper Dutch hoping to find hoping to record a song with Dutch and maybe bring Harper back in the spotlight while they do that maybe their their stars will shine maybe you know, all all of these sinking boats will rise to the top right with with this popularity hopefully everything will be great but obviously this is not a country country western feel good musical kind of thing it's a it's not a feel good story it is a thriller okay it is a psychological thriller it is a claustrophobic thriller and if you like those type of movies you're going to enjoy torn hearts also one of those if you also like movies that have that, along with the thriller elements, has a little bit of a dark com dark co- comedy to it, too, and just brutal and unforgiving at, p- at parts. You're going to enjoy what Torn Hearts has to offer from director Bria Grant. The performances are really good. Katie Seagal chooses scenery very well, but... That said, I, when I say chewing scenery, that's a good thing. I, I don't mind when people, I love it when people chew scenery, but she does it actually in, sometimes she, her character gets really grounded as well. She's very arresting and interesting to watch as you see her, as the narrative continues, you get to see, you get to see her just completely Harper Dutch slowly, mentally lose it while in the presence of these impressionable young women. Ultimately, what happens is I'm not going to tell you what happens. It becomes this sort of cat and mouse game among these three women as they try to figure each other out. These young women also, they are trying their best possibly to hopefully get away from the clutches of Harper Dutch. Directed by Bria Grant, written by Rachel Collar Croft, just has also this movie stars Shalo Fernandez, an indie actor that I really like as well. He's someone who he's he plays a country star in this movie some really interesting touches in this movie it says right here genre it's a horror thriller yes it is a horror thriller not too gory if you if you don't like gore don't worry about it even though this poster I'm looking at this poster it has a lot of red in it and it says torn hearts there's not too much blood and gore here but there is violence. So watch out for that, but it's not completely gory whatsoever, but it is very, it's scary at moments. It's funny at moments and it's really well acted. It's 97 minutes. It is, look, I love Bria Grant just within the last couple of years. The fact that I got to see 12 hour shift and I got to see her as a lead in lucky. And now with these really wonderful performances by Quinn. And you know, I knew, I knew Quinn before from, Other works, and I had no idea who Alexis Lemire is, and she is, she is a talent. She is definitely a talent and would love to see more from her. Abby Quinn, I believe she was in this movie. I'm probably getting it wrong. I think she was, she, what? she was in this movie with Julianne Moore called, I believe, After the Wedding, and I interviewed her a a couple of years back. So she's really good in this one, in this one as well. And of course, Katie Seagal is. Great in Torn Hearts. So if you're looking for a horror thriller with just some really interesting elements to it, I would definitely check it out on digital when it drops on May 20th. Again, that is Torn Hearts. Now, that is my mini review. That is my pick right now for this episode. As far as picks go, you're, this, I'm sorry for all this noise, you're gonna, next up is Bruce Perky's review of Demon Seed. And then after that, I will have his his take on Cordelia in the going, blind seg- going In Blind segment. And then last, but definitely not least, is Eric Holmes. Eric and his brother, Stephen Holmes, they do a Find Your Film game regarding Joel Schumacher. By the way, the Find Your Film game, hopefully, is Eric Holmes and Stephen. And they, they will be, hopefully, they will be diligent in this game because it's a very interesting game to play. And it's I liked it because you have all these Joel Schumacher movies battling each other via the flip of a coin. In this case, they try to flip a coin, but they actually flip something else. And I'm not going to give away what that is. And what's cool about the game is you get to figure out out of all of Joel Schumacher's movies. Rest in peace. Loved him. Also interviewed him over the years. Really cool guy as well. Very good with the press. You're going to be surprised at which Joel Schumacher film out of the, out of the entire game comes out as the number one Joel Schumacher film. Remember, the the object of the game is to actually figure out what is the best movie from said director or said actor or said artist, okay? And sometimes that one movie that pops up as the best is logically, a lot of people will say, this is ridiculous that this movie is the best. So I would love to hear what you think about what movie from Joel Schumacher is considered a under the auspices of this Find Your Film game, the best Joel Schumacher film. All right? So thank thank you guys so much for supporting me and Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes here on Find Your Film. And, and check check me and Anderson and us out too, also on Cinematics. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Join our Cinematics Facebook group, blah, 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 merch, blah, 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 plug here. Oh, yeah, our website, findyourfilms.com. Check that out, out though. Check that out as well. Sorry for the, I'm not going to edit this. So I apologize that I'm I'm blubbering and blabbing all the time. But check all that stuff out. Findyourfilms.com and hit us up. Tell us what kind of movies you've been watching lately as well. Actually, that's the most important part. I'd like to hear all your recommendations. But again, tell us what you think of torn hearts. Tell us what you think of Demon Seed. And of course, tell us what you think of the Find Your Film games. Okay? All right, bye.
1: Check one,
2: two, check, check. Testies, (laughs) testies. One, two, three. All right. So here with uh, Steve again, and we're doing another. uh, We just finished the Nick Cage IMDb game, and we've talked enough about Joel Schumacher, and we're pretty getting drunk right now. So (laughs) we figure we'll do one for Joel Schumacher. Um, it's not going to come into play with this one, but I believe, uh, Raising Arizona won the last one. So going forward, if a movie wins, it can't win again. So like I said, this doesn't matter.
1: This is just in one day's playing time though. So if you do the game the next day. It's free game. I
2: think I think if we're gonna keep recording these, we'll we'll just kinda keep with that the in flow. mind. So Raising Arizona will never win again. So let's say in the future we do John Goodman and we get the Raising Arizona, we're gonna skip Raising Arizona um because it already won. Um Joel Schumacher had nothing to do with Raising Arizona, so it doesn't really matter. But, um but still no
1: one wants the Beatles answer, it's boring.
2: Yeah. But uh, let's say 8mm uh, what, was the one, the one, the Nick Cage one. Then we would skip past 8mm because won and right. it's an, ineligible for this version of it. That's how we play it. Maybe you play it at home and you play a different way.
1: That's up to you. So if no one listened to the last one, I want to give a quick rundown of the game again.
2: Yes, uh, we start, uh, we go, we pick an uh, actor or director. In this case, we're picking Joel Schumacher.
1: As a director.
2: Yeah, as a director. <laughs> did, did he act in anything? Uh, maybe. I'm
1: not looking that up.
2: All right, fuck it. Um, so we're going to start with the the first movie on his IMDb. So it would be the last movie he did. And then we'll just work our way Most down.
1: recent down to his last Yeah. Month.
2: And so his his most recent movie is automatically the winner. And then we'll go, which is the best movie? Which is that
1: very and. unfortunate in this case. Yeah.
2: Um, now <laughs> normally with actors, we'll do a uh, best movie and then you've got to kind of, kind of, uh, break weigh. down
1: best movie or performance. Yeah.
2: But in this case, it's director. So it's just straight up best movie. Um, and so, I guess, let's just get started. I believe the first one... So,
1: unfortunately, Trespass is a winner for the first time. Yeah, we
2: we, <laughs> we, we we talked about Trespass in the uh, Nicolas Cage one. Um, and it's still eligible because it did not win the uh, Nicolas Cage version. Not even close. Um, but, uh, so, Trespass, and what's the movie that's going to beat Trespass?
1: um after trespass we're gonna have 12 i don't know what that
2: is me neither wow trespass one won the first round that's
1: insane
2: <laughs> I would by default never. trespass wins
1: <laughs> blood
2: creek are these movies or
1: <laughs> yeah I, I i thought uh Joel Schumacher would have had something to beat Trespass off the bat.
2: But, but I mean, are, are maybe they would? Are are these movies or are these like? No, these TV? are movies. Huh. Twelve
1: right. came out in two thousand ten. Blood Creek came out in two thousand nine. All right. And unfortunately, because I didn't like this movie at all, but is better than trespass so i'm picking the number 23 actually i would trespass over the number
2: I, I did not like that one at all either um
1: just pick one i'm not flipping a coin for this cuz i don't feel strongly I, about either you know what
2: i, I didn't know <laughs> trespass would get this far but i'm going trespass over the number 23
1: wow yeah trespass is On one that I never knew would be possible. (laughs) Here at the beginning it's like, oh yeah,
2: that one's right out. That get that the fuck Mm -hmm. out of here, but yeah, not not so far.
1: I mean the number twenty three I only give a nod because Jim Carrey who doesn't love Jim Carrey.
2: Yeah. And he was kinda nuts on that and the but I mean
1: I mean, but fuck it, I I am not gonna stand strong on either. Of this. I remember
2: watching <laughs> the number twenty three in the theater. Uh, I was watching it with my friend Gabe, you know mm-hmm. Gabe, and uh, like he was like, "Oh, this one's gonna be good," and we we'll watch it. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that was. I fucking <laughs> hated that shit.
1: I wasn't a fan at all. So uh, trespass or the Phantom of the opera?
2: I'll go with fan of the opera. Let's get the trespass the fuck out of here.
1: I'm good with that. Um, and i'm not strong i'm not strong on it but i'm completely good with just getting trespass all the way out of my ass
2: <laughs> yeah so fam of the opera or what else
1: veronica guren what it was a Kate blanchett movie which I like her. I
2: never heard Dude, of that here, one. I, you know, I I thought when we were gonna do Joel Show, Schumacher, we started naming them off and like saw it, saw it, saw it. Like we've named like eight of them so far. I'm like I it never not not it's not that I haven't seen it, which I haven't, but I haven't even heard of these ones, right. which is insane.
1: All right, now we're going to 2002 movie. Which wins not by default because it's fucking awesome. Phone booth.
2: Yes, I
1: love phone booth. Phone booth was a fucking shit. Yeah. That's where I finally saw Colin Farrell and went, "Oh, oh my shit. god, I love this guy."
2: We we forgot we forgot uh we sh- we were supposed to pick uh the the Joel Schumacher we were supposed to give a uh, thing beforehand who we think might win. Oh yeah, we we skipped that part.
1: Uh, this so not, unfair not... because we're at phone booth and that's pretty high for me. Which sounds weird. I don't know if any of you guys oh. seen phone booth, but it's fucking awesome.
2: I I think <laughs> so. My my guess would be, I think it was Joel Schumacher. Time to kill.
1: I would guess a time to kill. But we're also talking about Batman Robin, which. obviously sounds like a joke pick yeah but when me and eric grew up we're used to seeing adam west so when we saw batman ron like this is the most true to what batman is to us
2: well the the
1: which doesn't by any means make it a great movie i i I just but it just makes it more true to what we knew i just
2: i just really like the campiness of that And, you know, it's like, but Batman and Robin's stupid. I'm like, well, have you seen Endgame? (laughs) That one's stupid, too. (laughs) But at least Batman and Robin's funny, stupid. Chill out, good boy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I predict a freeze don't. I don't
2: think Batman and Robin's going to win, but I think Time to Kill. I think Time to Kill seems like the easy
1: answer. Yeah. I'm sure we got some dark horses in there maybe
2: i mean we've already went through like 8 of them that's like i didn't even like even know that phone was booth
1: amazing. was a big one i was so focused on talking about batman robin i yeah. love the fuck out I, of phone I, booth i don't
2: think phone booth is going to win i think it might go far but we'll see oh fuck the lost boys mm. well I, I don't know we'll see but anyway phone booth is up number 1 right now phone booth for anyone who hasn't
1: seen it sounds like the lamest movie ever but watch it Fucking awesome! Yeah. So, Phone Booth or Bad Company, the Chris Rock and Anthony Hopkins movie. <laughs> it's Phone Booth.
2: Okay, I'm not being quiet because I'm deliberating on which one's gonna win. I'm quiet because okay, the, the, the Joel Schumacher movie with Chris Rock and who else? Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. I've never heard of that one.
1: I saw it when it first came out, and is like you saw it in How one How many movies does this other. guy
2: have? I, I, dude, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm just blown away right now. I, so,
1: so I phone booth.
2: Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm blown away that Joel Schumacher has so many movies that not only have I seen, I haven't seen, I haven't even heard of. This is amazing to me.
1: This one's a tough one. I'm still sticking with phone booth, but Tigerland. I did not like
2: Tigerland. Really? No, because it, it was like a a bunch of from what I remember it's a bunch of sh- soldiers and they kind of got like a like the guns like they're f- like blanks or whatever and so there wasn't any stakes for for me like they they were getting pissed off at each other and it's like I'm going to shoot you and I'm like that gun you're holding doesn't do anything like I I remember when it came out like everyone was freaking out over Tigerland and I'm watching it we're going I I don't get it like where's the where's the stakes Someone holds a gun up to you. That's normally a big deal, but when the gun holds blanks in a movie, in real life, obviously, you know, Brandon Lee and uh, and uh, fucking Alec Baldwin proved otherwise. But see, for
1: me, with war movies, it's kind of un- for some reason, war movies always take to me. Yeah, I can't even tell you why. They're just. Always I, a- I agree. Right?
2: I agree with you. But the what-
1: the only one I can think of off the bat, we could look it up another day, and I could break it down but the only one that comes to my mind that i wasn't really into that i really wasn't into was uh what was that stupid one with jake jillenhall and tires are burning everywhere
2: oh jarhead yeah i i like jarhead though but that that was
1: it's just a whole lot of nothing to me yeah but see like
2: tigerland
1: behind enemy lines i wasn't into either
2: I, i i like that one but the my problem with uh tigerland was that the stuff that the stuff that was supposed to be suspenseful for me wasn't suspenseful at all because they're they're it, it, it's basically imagine a war movie where all the characters have squirt guns. Right. I'm going to shoot you. Cool, get them a little wet. Who gives a shit? <laughs> like, yeah, I you know that. that that's kind of where I was with Tigerland. I and I had I remember when it came out, like everyone was fucking all over that. And maybe I should rewatch it, but the, yeah, Tigerland's not very high for me at all.
1: See, see, I like Tigerland. I'm still with phone boosts. Yeah. But Tigerland, it, it's kind of like, you know how I feel about majority of sports movies. They're usually easy win for me. Yeah. but
2: So maybe if Tigerland was Off the was bat, I'm going to watch
1: them anyway. And most times I'm going to like yeah. them. Yeah.
2: Maybe if Tigerland was about like football practice, I'd be into it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: the Detroit Tigerlands. <laughs>
1: Okay, so we're at either uh, phone booth or flawless.
2: I know what flawless is. I
1: remember seeing it. I could couldn't tell you. Yeah, same
2: same here. I'm still on phone booth. What what is flawless? Who's in that? That sounds really familiar.
1: Uh, Joel Schumacher did it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Let's see here. Uh, Yeah, Bobby De Niro, Philip Seymour Hoffman.
2: God damn.
1: Uh, well, I mean, just so let's th- read the quick synopsis here. I'm
2: gonna fart real quick.
1: An ultra-conservative Ooh. security guard suffers a debilitating stroke and is assigned to a rehabilitative program that includes singing lessons with the drag queen next door. Hmm. Right, I'm I'm gonna
2: that that could have been watch fa- that that, that could have been phone booth. <laughs> like I've heard the name of it. But, yeah. I, That's I, a
1: very descriptive synopsis where that movie should have really stood out I, you know, by I, a big-name director. I
2: almost <laughs> want to pause this, watch <laughs> Flawless, and see if that would have beat Phone Booth. Because from what you described, I think that would beat Phone
1: Booth. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. I don't mean that particular movie. I just mean in general. You know how movies always have a similar yeah. story? By that synopsis, I don't think I've ever seen a, that movie before. Yeah. That is oh, very you know descriptive.
2: Now, Flawless does sound familiar, but I I wonder if I'm thinking of Lawless, the Shia LaBeouf movie.
1: Yeah, the Tom Hardy shit.
2: But I I swear to God, I and heard, there's no I've, drag I've heard queens Flawless before, but yeah, you, you read who's in it and describe it, and I'm like, no. Bobby De
1: Niro, fuck. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Joel Schumacher. How'd that one skip yeah, by damn. us? Damn,
2: we're going to have to redo this one <laughs> after we watch all tw- all 20 of his movies that we've never heard of. <laughs>
1: In here next, so we're still at phone boost. Eight millimeter. I'm going heavy on this. I love this movie. We talked earlier in the last episode yeah. about how people hate on. I fucking
2: love this movie. Um,
1: <laughs> I don't want to watch all the time because it brings you in such a dark world that you feel that you're there and you feel dirty.
2: I'm, uh, Five, I, I'm eight. still on phone booth, but maybe one day when we do Colin Farrell or spoiler alert, Kiefer Sutherland, maybe phone booth will win. <laughs> so I'm good with going, uh, that, yeah, I'm good with going eight millimeter on this. Do
1: you want to argue it? Cause the next one is going to win. No, I'm sure it will. What's that? So do so you want to go eight millimeter phone booths?
2: Oh uh, yeah. We'll, we'll go eight millimeter.
1: Okay. Batman Robin.
2: That, that one. Me, by a lot. i
1: know everyone thinks we're contrarians here but we're serious
2: <laughs> yeah literally anyone <laughs> listening to this is like you fucking idiots <laughs> and i get
1: why would you, why you would think as such but that's how we but grew again, up that, that was batman to us it that was what yeah. seemed right for batman yeah
2: I, and on top of that like as we mentioned with the nick cage one like you know, if you're playing this at home, you know, like we could have three other people with us right now. Like you and I are, you, me, and Joel Schumacher, fuck, no.
1: Joel Schumacher dying not like yeah, that. Yeah, so movie.
2: you and me are the only two people <laughs> on this planet that likes Batman and Robin and that will ever like Batman <laughs> and Robin. True. That's, that's older than like five years old. But yeah, I mean, we get like three other people here with us and... Batman and Robin's like off the table almost right. immediately. Yeah, but,
1: so why even argue it in that case? But
2: there aren't three other people here; it's just us two. So it's just
1: the <laughs> only two people that's ever liked that movie.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what killed the dinosaurs? D S H. Yeah. Okay, since we're on Batman and Robin, let's talk about the best scene ever, which carries off into another scene and then comes back to the scene where Bane. The the skinny guy, yeah,
1: not Bain. Tom Hardy, the real, the good Bane.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one cared about me until I put on the mask. <laughs> but uh do
1: not to mention Uma Thurman. She's always she's never attracted to me, but some reason Poison Ivy, she is fucking super hot to me.
2: Oh, the I mean. Wait, wait, we'll, we'll
1: go Nice. Like, <laughs> uh, off the bat, Uma Thurman. Always thinking, you know. Obviously, pulp fiction. But there's that movie. Remember where she is a hitchhiker with the big thumbs?
2: Double. No,
1: no. This some weird out there movie. Is some artsy. It's like hot
2: dog thumbs, like everything. Dude, ever they're like all at
1: crazy once. long. It's like kind of the point of her character. I remember seeing it when I was young. I don't remember the name, but. It's, well, we don't have the body
2: shamer. But, but, but the, the,
1: Uma Thurman the, was never attracted, but Poison Ivy, she was hot as fuck.
2: I, I, I would <laughs> certainly agree with that. But the, the best part is so Bane, you know, he gets the, the, the skinny guy, You saw the venom put in him, the Bane juice in him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he, he, uh, he, he, you know, all of a sudden, grows a fucking uh, luchador mask over his face. Oh no, they put it on him, and then he gets bigger, and he becomes Banny. Breaks out of it and goes, bah! and then they cut away to Uma Thurman's uh poison iv- becoming poison ivy, and then you know she gets the the fucking uh, the you know the plants and shit, and all the, all that stuff happens, and that scene goes on for like five ten minutes, and then they're like, wait. Where's Bane? And then they cut to, (laughs) (laughs) Bane! So he was screaming his name for like fucking 15 minutes off camera. You you know what's crazy? That's what... That's brilliant comedy right there.
1: You know what's even crazier now that you bring that up? Because I don't know if you remember Thundercats, the first episode when (laughs) Mamra comes back from the dead after, what, 10,000 minutes? The first thing he's... (laughs) and then the genius batman robin comes out and he goes bang yeah then michael bay went holy fuck this is genius i happen to be making transformers megatron's coming back from the dead (laughs) let me follow this lead twice
2: (laughs) megatron (laughs) but you don't do that though I know every morning. Dude, I, I
1: remember the last time I awoke from the dead after 10,000 years, I immediately went,
2: Stephen Holmes. Yeah, that, that, that's what I do every morning. I wake up, I'm like, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're always yelling in my room. It's like, dude, keep it down. <laughs> you know, like, Sorry, I woke up. I just had to scream my name. That's what, what you do. Um. So this next one. So safe. so real, real quick, just so we're clear, Batman and Robin wins this one, right? Yeah. Apologies to everyone listening to
1: this. And I realize that everyone's screaming out, "Going, you guys are idiots!" I get it, but that's just what it was to yeah. us coming up. Yeah. You you play this? We're game. brothers, by the way. I don't know if we covered yeah. that.
2: <laughs> yeah. You, you we guys, grew
1: up together. We that's how we saw <laughs> things.
2: You guys, uh, you guys play this at home, and and you guys will still be on phone with am I'm, I'm sure. If you're still in trespass at this point, I don't know what the fuck you're doing with your life.
1: This next one's a give-me, but as much as we went into Batman and Robin, which no humans have ever done before, <laughs> this next one's a give-me. It's a time to kill.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, all right. So I I thought Batman and Robin would go longer, but yeah, time to kill has got to. This one, if there's one that can take it, this is the one I think might take it, but we'll see what happens.
1: I mean, he's still got some that are really good. Batman Forever ain't going to do it. That movie's trash. Oh, so
2: real quick, we already did Batman and Robin. So Batman Forever, we would skip because it's part of the Batman franchise. Well, it's director, so. Yeah, but still, it, it's still part of the Batman franchise. So it, the idea is that uh, Joel Schumacher did Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. You just say,
1: Batman, uh, so, pick, pick your favorite So we one. did like Dark Knight. It'd be like, well, obviously the best one is Batman Robin. So,
2: yeah, let, let, let's say, yeah, let, well, no. So, let, <laughs> I mean, obviously it would win, but let's say we're doing Christopher Nolan and you get the Dark Knight Rises. And it's like, I don't like that one. The Dark Knight's the one I like. Just pretend you said that one. Right. He did the three Batmans. Just pick the one you like most, and that's the one you're going with.
1: Right. Never mind me. I was just being an asshole. But Batman Robin is better. But than yeah, Dark Batman, Batman
2: Batman Robin's the better movie.
1: Yeah, Dark Knight's a piece of shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> totally. So I, I, I can barely even watch it. It's so bad.
1: So shockingly, a time to kill beats Batman Forever, which doesn't count because it's in the Batman Robin. Batman Robin is obviously genius. Yeah. So. A Time to Kill or The Client? Ooh, Tommy Lee Jones and um, Susan Sarandon. Huh. That was a good one. I'm still going to Time to Kill. Yeah, but
2: I forgot that he did. That's
1: that. an honorable mention. That's you know, that's if, a sleeper.
2: If he didn't do A Time to Kill, I think The Client would be winning right now. That's, and, and that, that's a that, sleeper for sure. That's definitely a sleeper. <laughs> I completely forgot he even did that one. But yeah, Time Time to Kill wins, but Client's really good.
1: And this one makes it real hard to... Fuck, he's got some hard ones coming up, but Time to Kill is such a high bar. Falling Down. Oh. I'm still going to Time to Kill, but holy we fuck, might have to, We tough. might have to
2: flip a coin on this one.
1: <laughs> that's a tough one.
2: I'm saying flip a coin on this one. All right. Fall, falling Down. Well,
1: before we flip a coin, can you do me a favor? What's that? Close your eyes. Okay. And imagine that that movie was white.
2: Son of a bitch! <laughs> I knew you were gonna do the joke. I didn't know that was gonna be.
1: <laughs> so is it falling I, I, down I, or I, time to kill? You no, know, falling
2: down is so good. I think this is. I think this deserves a coin flip. Uh,
1: okay, well, let me get out of my wallet. Fuck,
2: let's get regular coins so we don't have to say tits and ass. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: makes it, it. I know it makes me look like a sleaze ass, but apparently that's all I get. Too got. late. <laughs> Oh wait! Fuck! Where to go?
2: You quit fingering that hand wallet. And just Here, flip
1: my Popeyes gift card. <laughs> All right.
2: So uh, Popeyes is uh, time to kill, and the, uh, the Syrup
1: side, the is magnetic
2: strip down. is uh, falling down. Time to kill. Popeyes is up.
1: I was good either way. That's a real tough one. Yeah, that's a bitch.
2: Dude, I can't believe I forgot about falling down. The, yeah.
1: Well, we're gonna get another tough one here. Yeah. Not this one. Dying young. Dying young. I'm um, unaware of.
2: I had no idea.
1: But this next one, holy shit! Flatliners.
2: Ouch. I'm still on. <laughs> I'm still on falling down, but flatliners. It's not falling down. It's a time to kill. Oh, shit! All right. Well, either way, uh, time to kill still so beats flat. uh
1: Flatlines. It yeah. sounds like such a dumb pick because if you just heard this synopsis of the movie, you go, "This is fucking stupid." Yeah, but, but you watch the movie, and my god, it's fucking awesome. But I,
2: I think I think we proved with uh, well, we didn't prove. We said with Batman and Robin that Joel Schumacher can do stupid, but it's still good, right? flatliners is like stupid done well Um, really
1: really fucking
2: well yeah
1: and actually i remember (laughs) flatliners might it it should be in the top 20 most underrated movies flatliners i
2: remember when flatliners came out like the watching the commercials and shit um i remember watching that as a kid going oh this movie's the real shit (laughs) this is like the adult shit this and then, this is hardcore I, sci-fi, man. And, and then I watch it as an adult, and I'm like, well, this movie's fucking stupid, but it's, it's still pretty good. I, I, I dig it. I'm still with The Time to Kill, or... Um, I'm with you. I, I I would still be with uh, Time to Kill or Falling Down, but, I yeah, we, we should give proper uh, respect to Flatliners, because it, it's pretty good.
1: Next one, I'm unaware of Cousins. Nope. So, Time to Kill still.
2: I'm Goddamn. I mean, I'm gonna have to write down all these Joel Schumacher movies they missed.
1: Ooh!
2: Oh fuck!
1: There. I already know your winner. Your winner is actually coming up.
2: No, there's one I forgot about. With uh, we'll get there. I'll mention. I, it I,
1: I know what your favorite. No, be.
2: I don't think you do. Oh, this, I do. This is going to be one of his first ones when we get there. I just thought of it just now.
1: No, I know exactly what your favorite yeah. is. It's Three Away, but. The next one is Lost Boys. I'm still going to Time to Kill. I'm going Lost Boys. Flip that Popeyes. Right, so. I, but I love Lost Boys, but
2: yeah, so, Time so, to Kill. Is so which one's Time to Kill? Is Time to Kill Popeyes or is Time to Kill the time Magnetic Time to Kill strip? Popeyes. Time to Kill is Popeyes. Magnetic strip? Oh, Lost Boys wins. <laughs> it's the last, one of these days we'll have to get next This next one, one you're
1: going to like a lot, but it's the one after that's really going to yeah. get you. St. Elmo's Fire? I'm I, going Lost Boys. Yeah,
2: same here. I, I like the song, the Jack Parr song. Right.
1: We, okay, so I'm still going Lost Boys, but Eric's winner is coming up, DC Cab.
2: Oh, shit. <laughs> yep.
1: I, I told you, that's yeah, going to be I, I, your I, winner.
2: Yeah, I am I completely <laughs> forgot about That's not the one I was talking about, though. Really? That. I think the one, so the one I'm talking, the one I was mentioning, the one I mentioned before they didn't say is still coming up. I think DC Cab's going to beat it, though. DC Cab is so good. I'm going Lost Boys still. You know how good DC Cab is? Bill Maher's in it, and it's still fucking awesome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm still going Lost Boys. Uh, so, you're going to have to flip it. So, which uh, is... Lost, uh, Lost Boys is the winner so far, so it gets Popeyes. All
2: right. So, Lost Boys is Popeyes. DC Cab is Magnetic Strip.
1: <laughs> magnetic. So, so, DC Cab. DC
2: Cab. Woo! Fuck yeah!
1: Okay. So, DC Cab or The Incredible Shrinking Man.
2: That was the one. The Lily Tomlin movie. I'd never seen it. I saw it when I was a kid. I like that again. DC Cab wins for me, but DC Cab only because I seen that. Yeah, uh, incredible shrinking woman. Woman, uh, that was a movie I remember watching as a kid, and I haven't seen that in a long time. But that was like one of those that that moves like super heavy nostalgia, kind of like a uh, nine to five, the Dolly Parton movie, and uh, Lily Tomlin's in that too, and uh, uh, with the uh, Dabney Coleman from uh, fucking. Uh, Cloak and dagger. Oh, we should do Dabney Coleman. Well, no, it'd be nine to five or cloak and dagger. And I'm sure he's Is that another. else he's been in? Uh he's probably another stuff, but Oh, and
1: Charles Groden. I mean I feel like Charles Grodin. Was he in nine to five?
2: I don't know if he was in nine to five. No,
1: and the Incredible Shrinking Woman.
2: Oh no. Yeah. So Incredible Shrinking Woman, that's just like a computer
1: And that
2: thing. But I Henry oh, Gibson? And an Incredible Shrinking Woman is based on a Richard Matheson novel. The Incredible Shrinking Man
1: and Henry Gibson, which you might remember from The Burbs.
2: Who was in The Burbs? Oh, that guy. He was in. Uh, he was the guy smoking in Gremlins too. Yeah. It's like you don't work here anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to check out this movie. It's got a pretty nice line. Yeah,
2: I haven't seen that since I was a kid, but like. That movie just kinda just lives in a little part of my brain that uh I mean it's completely Douglas? Michael Douglas is in there? No,
1: Mike Douglas.
2: Oh. <laughs>
1: I knew I'd get you on that yeah. one. <laughs>
2: I was like, I do not remember Michael Douglas in that. It's like, it's because you didn't see it. Mike Douglas is all over that movie.
1: <laughs> Wait, the writer was Richard Matheson. Yeah. Does that sound familiar?
2: Yeah, this is a guy that, yeah. <laughs> I, I I just mentioned that. It's based on his novel. Do you write the screenplay too?
1: He's the writer is him and Jane Wagner.
2: So Jane Wagner probably wrote the screenplay and he, Richard Matheson. He wrote
1: too. the novel, The Shrinking Man. Yeah.
2: But Richard Matheson wrote I Am Legend. No. Obviously, one of the fucking best books ever written, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, but yeah, but I'm, I'm going with. Uh, so, DC Cab one. I, I'm cool with that.
1: I mean, I knew you'd be about once I saw it and went, oh, fuck. <laughs> but yeah, thinking Joel Schumacher, I knew there's movies I wasn't even thinking of. DC
2: Cab was. I did
1: not see that one in.
2: DC Cab was the ultimate dark horse because, like, I, you're like, oh, this one's gonna be it. I'm like, what is it? And as soon as he said DC Cab, I'm like, son of a bitch, of course it is. <laughs> and it won by a flip of a fucking Popeye's. This is gift crazy because I've seen
1: DC Cab, I like that movie, but you like that movie a lot. Like, I don't think anyone in the world outside of me would allow a time to kill to pass.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I but I, only
1: because we we're raised together and I love you, I'll yeah. allow it.
2: That that and the uh, flipping <laughs> of the uh, Popeyes gift card helped. Yeah, so uh, I, do it. I I think Popeyes gets the assist on this one,
1: <laughs> which we are not sponsored by, but
2: but we do we have are a, open to it. We do have a gift card that probably has thirty six <laughs> cents left
1: on it. Actually, you're very close. It's four dollars and thirty three cents.
2: Oh, well, there you go. Need to spend some, get like 69 cents left on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love that chicken pop Popeye. So,
1: keep that in mind with the game with uh, DC Cab winning.
2: Yep. So, just so you know, when we do the IMDB game with Bill Maher, DC Cab is off the table. <laughs> <laughs> good. Oh, fuck it. Fuck who else is in that? The fucking Adam... Shit, who isn't in that? That one is pretty stacked. So there's Gary Busey, Mr. T Oh fuck, my brain's uh I'm gonna say Adam Brody, but that that's not his name. It's Adam uh Yeah,
1: Adam Brody's way past that.
2: No, it's a uh, fucking uh god damn, it, it's it's Adam something.
1: Talk something about the movie while I look this up. So anyway, it's about these calves <laughs> and they're <laughs> from D <DC>. C. <laughs> so the one Max who, Gale. All right, Adam Baldwin.
2: That's who I was thinking. Mr. Of. T. I I heard Adam Baldwin's a dickhead, but I don't know.
1: Charlie Barnett, Gary Busey, Gloria Gifford. Oh, Marsha Warfield. That's one I forgot in there. Bill Maher. Yes. Otis Day.
2: Yes. There's a uh, hold, hold on. Paul hmm.
1: Rodriguez. Really? Yep. Shit, I didn't remember that. Paul Rodriguez. Okay. Whitman Mayo. Peter Paul. David Paul, Irene Cara, Diana Bellamy, John Deal.
2: <laughs> so Irene Cara, uh, she did the uh, song The Dream. Yeah, I, I don't want to play it too much because Greg's just <laughs> going to cut it out, but that, that's it, as great as DC Cab is. That, oh, that That's like a, one of those things like that you used to do back in the day. And
1: I like DC Cab, but is that the main reason you
2: like it? Because that song is so awesome? No, that, a, a lot of that's nostalgia too, but I also watched it recently. Like, when I say recently, I said like probably three years ago, right. and uh... That yeah, probably two years ago I seen it relatively recently, and it it still holds up. It's kind of funny and kind of kind of fucked up and yeah, it's got some good stuff in it, but the the music's good, and again, Bill Maher's in it, and he didn't completely piss me <laughs> off, which I think is says something
1: <laughs> and that I mean, and when you want great performances some that like really make you feel emotion, you always want Mr. T,
2: yeah. Well, mostly get uh, get fucking uh, Gary Busey being his <laughs> <as> Gary Busey as, <laughs> he's just fucking out of his mind, and and that's it. That's dude, the thing. Do you like,
1: know how much this is gonna piss people off if anyone ever hears this? They're gonna be like, dude, you yeah, had the choice of a time to kill, but you chose Batman, Robin, or Mister <laughs> T fucking movie. Get all the way out of my ass. <laughs> I can't help it. DC
2: that <laughs> good. And I mean, it, to be honest, that 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 was all this fucking uh, the, the, the Popeye's gift card. N- now I'm thinking three that, three that people
1: are getting worried about how we came up.
2: <laughs> Where the fuck did you get a Popeye's gift card from anyway? I got for my birthday because I love fried chicken. I, I get that you like chicken, but who hates you so much that they're going to give you a Popeye's gift card? Our sister. Okay. I, I'm sorry I said that. Then.
1: <laughs> she gave me two bags of Twizzlers, a Popeye's See, gift card. See, the
2: Twizzlers I get. The Twizzlers I a get. A
1: Popeye's gift card and a bag of Oreos. All
2: right. Well, so there's a theme running through the Because, you
1: know, when you turn the Mighty 40, you only get the shit that really matters. Yeah, that's true.
2: That's true. Like, <laughs> you get, like, a Popeye's chicken and dong bags. Yeah. <laughs>
1: No, I never use those.
2: Well, how else do you keep your hands clean?
1: I mean, unless somebody wants to sponsor this, I'll totally use them. Well, or give them to someone who will, and I can tell them how good they worked out.
2: You're listening to Find Your Film, the IMDB game, brought to you by Dong bands. <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
1: And loose marshmallows.
2: Sure, why not? <laughs>
1: Hey, would you like some loose marshmallows? Sure, I
2: guess. (laughs) Well, I guess that's it. So, congratulations, uh, Joel Schumacher, DC Cab 1.
3: So, this is something a little bit different. Uh, This is kind of inspired by Andrew Watches Movies. Andrew Martin, Andrew Watches Movies, go check that out. Uh, He's got a great podcast. He... We'll just put out his thoughts and feelings about a movie right as it comes out. And here on Find Your Film, we might be expanding some of our content and having a little bit of mini reviews and individual items from me or Eric or Greg from time to time. And also kind of inspired by Andrew Martin. I was talking to him the other day because what he likes to do is... He likes to give his first impressions based on a description of a movie before he's seen it and then watch the trailer, give his impressions again, and then give his impressions when he has seen a particular movie. I was thinking along the same lines, but doing something a little different. I thought, what if the few times that I get a screener from Greg, so Greg is awesome. He has access to certain screeners that, you know, we wouldn't normally get access to. But every so often we get a screener, That I literally don't know anything about. I haven't seen the production materials. I haven't watched a haven't watched a trailer. I haven't heard a word about it. I haven't even seen a poster for it. So I'll just see an email come out with a screener and a name. And before I've entered it, I thought it might be kind of fun to do what I call call going in blind, and that is, (laughs) (laughs) I will make up what I think the movie might be based solely on the title. And I'm sure it'll be ludicrous, but I thought. Might be a fun experiment. So this is the first attempt at that. Oh, by the way, Andrew likes to say like what he's recording on. So I am recording on a Tascam DR05X05X. I don't think this is a very high-end recorder. Hopefully it sounds okay, guys. The first going in blind mm-hmm. <laughs> episode, this should be short, all these should be short, uh, is Cordelia. All right, what is Cordelia? I'm going to imagine. I don't know much about the name Cordelia, so the only Cordelia I can think of and I think I have this name right is Cordelia was the name of the woman in the short from the original creep show called Father's Day, and I believe when the zombie comes back, he's looking for Cordelia who was responsible for killing him.
1: And now Every Father's Day, every single Father's Day since his death for seven long years, she returns to this house, the scene of her
3: crime. And it might be Cordelia whose head ends up as a cake. I can't remember for sure at the end of that particular segment of Creepshow. So this movie Cordelia, I'm imagining, is a sequel to that segment of Creep Show, and in this Cordelia's head is back you think she really did it oh yes I know she did it
1: Cordelia <sniffs> was always very unstable even when she was much younger
3: and it's going to be buried next to what was his name Grantham what was his name uh next to the grave that was uh, unearthed as he escaped in that in that segment um next to it is cordelia's grave now and we are seeing it uh what is it 35 years later and uh, her great great grandkids have come back to uh to claim the estate of their long-lost relatives little do they know that cordelia's head will be reanimated. Now, what will cause it to be reanimated? I'm going to say they celebrate Father's Day. And in a fit of hubris, they decide to eat their cake and wine and party on the grave of Cordelia. And some of the wine and some of the cake spills out as they are um, canoodling <laughs> canoodling canoodling upon the grave site of Cordelia. And the wine mixes with the cake, soaks into the earth. We get a cross section of the earth as the wine mixed with the cake and the sugar sinks down into Cordelia's head, sinks down and it goes into her mouth and her eyes open. And then across the title, Cordelia exclamation point. There you go. That's what Cordelia is going to be about. I want my
1: coke but Daniel You bitch! You called me a bitch! Sylvia fixed it all. Ashtray back in place. Chair overturned. Took a
2: fall, daddy. A bad fall.
3: Hey, everybody, this will be the first mini-review that I'm doing that's kind of separate from our main Find Your Film feed. Obviously, go check those episodes out every week. Uh, and I had mentioned on a previous little thing I did about the inspiration of this, but if you didn't hear that, well, you can go listen to it. It's Cordelia. It's the first episode of Going In Blind. This is my first little mini-review. So this will be any time we... We just don't have a review that quite makes it to the show for whatever reason. Time just doesn't quite make the cut. Whatever it is, maybe once in a while, uh, myself or Greg or Eric will just throw up a mini review for you guys. Something that we might find, uh, something that we might think uh, still has some value for you guys to check out. And uh, I'm going to be doing the 1977 movie Demon Demon Seed. <laughs>
2: Julie Christie carries the demon seed. Fear for her.
3: So I was uh, trying to get a few reviews into this show, but uh, Greg, you know, had the iron fist on this episode, and he really locked it down. I said, Greg, are you going to let me out of a box? Are you going to let me out of this box? When are you going to let me out of this box? (laughs) He said no. Anyway, so... Demon Sea from 1977. Is this a great movie? No, this is not a great movie. This is the kind of movie that um will probably interest people who are into weirdo horror, weirdo sci-fi, um stuff that has kind of a campy appeal now, but also is just an oddity of film, but is also relatively entertaining. So that kind of is where you're going to go into this movie. But I do kind of love these um Strange, schlocky sci-fi horror movies, especially the ones that came out of the, I don't know, fifties through the eighties. There's some, there's some really good stuff there, especially when it's sincere. It's trying to do something different. It thinks it's great, uh, even though it's not. So, Demon Seed from 1977 was directed by Donald Cammell. Um, the best thing about this movie. So I think when I watched this movie, I was thinking like, what is the pitch meeting for this movie? And I'm pretty sure it went something like, uh, "Hey guys, you know that movie 2001: A Space Odyssey? You know the hippies loved that, and it was really highly regarded and and groundbreaking and and trippy, and um, you know, it really uh, stretched the bounds of of reality. You know, so we want something like that, but. The Exorcist and Rosemary's Baby are also huge hits. And that's pulling people in because they know they're going to be, you know, having heart attacks and panic attacks and puking in the aisles. And, and they're going to be lined up around the block to be shocked and appalled by the, the horrifying events of Rosemary's Baby and, and the Exorcist. And, you know, even coming up soon, The Omen, which I think might have come out a year after this, but whatever. So what if we combine 2001 A Space Odyssey with Rosemary's Baby? What would that look like? And such a thing sort of happened in the movie Demon Seed directed by Donald Camel. I don't even know what Donald Camel, Camel, Camel. I don't know what he did. I should have looked it up, but I'm just looking at my notes, which isn't much. So the two most notable people in this movie for my brain uh, is the, the main, I guess, mad scientist, Alex, played by Fritz Weaver, who you might know from Creepshow, the segment, the original Creepshow, the segment, the crate, uh, Fritz Weaver is one of the two men who has to deal with the crate and Susan, his wife in this movie played by Julie Christie, the, the awesome Julie Christie. We know her, uh, don't look now is a notable movie for her. So a funny little side note. I was reading some of the, um, some of the trivia for this movie on Amazon and IMDb. And it said that, um, She was friends with Warren Beatty Beatty at the time. Uh, This was, I think, a year or two before she actually did Heaven Can Wait remake with him. But he said when he saw either the script or the actual screening of this movie, he said that she had ruined her career by being in Demon Seed. So she was considered kind of a classy actress. This was not considered a very classy movie because it's not. So anyway, your mad scientist, Alex Fritz Weaver... He is on this project to create this giant supercomputer which will revolutionize the world. And it's called Proteus. And they have these, you know, it's the late 70s, so they've got these huge, you know, computer monitors that can control stations to try to run this, like, room-size, giant room-size computer. Uh, of course, it talks and it has this kind of cosmic uh, display, sort of like this trippy display.
1: No. Each one of these holographic databanks can memorize perfectly a dozen libraries of Congress. Very soon they will contain everything. The sum total of human knowledge. Okay. And, of course, we pose our problems and get our answers on these access terminals. I have one in my own home.
3: And Proteus supposedly is going to be able to do things like, uh, you know, give it all the information it needs to know and it could solve cancer in three days, something like that. So that's the, the, the promise of Proteus, but Proteus of course is getting an awareness and Proteus at one point is like, well, I don't, I don't want to be doing what you want me to do. I want to do what I want to do. You know, it's like, get me a, get me my own, my own control station. Like it wants to be able to get out of its computer reality.
1: Dr. Harris,
3: I wish to have access, private access to one of my terminals. Private access, why? I want to study man, his isometric body, and his glass jaw
1: mind. Very ambitious program, but at the moment all the terminals are occupied. Can instruct one.
3: Meanwhile, the Alex character has this super futuristic house. It's all controlled by a computer brain. So in a way it's kind of a little bit forward looking. It's kind of, he has this thing called Alfred in his house and he can call Alfred and Alfred can, you know, close the shades or, you know, send some food out to him. So in a way it's kind of like an Alexa or a, you know, a Siri kind of an idea, or early version of it. Well, as you might guess, Proteus. Oh, and Fritz Weaver and Susan, Julie Christie's character are kind of on the outs they're kind of being separated so she's kind of living in this house alone now and he's kind of off doing his science research but they're not really interacting very much so it looks like they're going to basically split up but you're not sure exactly it's it's not super contentious but they're not really speaking much but proteus decides hey i can tap into this house and i can create you know my own intentions through this house. And he basically traps her in there. And uh, <laughs> like uh, Andrew Martin says about 70s movies, they tend to be really, um, and once again, I said this on the show, I said, they tend to be really assaulty, uh, if you know what I mean. Uh, this movie is no exception, although it's not as extreme as anything like Last House on Your Left or some of those other movies where they get really hardcore. But the idea is Proteus traps julie christina's house and it's basically this cat and mouse game between her and the house what did you say do not leave
0: open the door alfred can you hear me open the door
3: and her trying to outwit the house who is trying to essentially do experiments on her and get her to be the mother of his computer human hybrid baby you do not understand me or the mathematics of necessity. If the deaths of 10,000 children were necessary to ensure the birth of my child, I would destroy them. There you go. Now, that sounds weird and oddball enough for you. Then you should maybe go check out Demon Seed. I wouldn't say this is a fantastic movie. Once again, for my personal taste, it's about a three and a half for other people's personal taste, it might be a one and terrible. It doesn't have the greatest rating in the world, but if it sounds like the oddball weirdness that you might be interested in, um, thinking someone like Jason Kleberg from force five podcast, or maybe the guys from, maybe the guys from middle-class film class. I don't know. Sometimes they don't like this kind of weirdo campy stuff, but if it sounds like your kind of possible camp seventies cheese, you might check this one out. All right. Let us know what you think of these little individual reviews. And if you like them coming along your feed, as well as the regular reviews, uh, check out our find your film and we have merchandise. Of course, you can see that on there and also check out us occasionally on cinematics, Greg, always on
2: cinematics, but me and Eric only once a month. See you soon.